You are listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. We thank you for joining us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Dwayne Higgins. Okay, now, you know, it's been a good week for me, and been a, sometimes good, some a little bit bad, but it's a, it's a damn week, but, uh, I saw some good things happening and some ministry going on and people sharing and working and doing. And now I rejoice in that because uh, what the church is all about. Um, and we're going to talk about the church in Philippians chapter 1 because Paul was a church planner. He started six churches and um, most, of the, most of his letters were written to churches that had problems. But one was written to a church that was doing things in good, uh, good accord, and uh, that's what we're going to focus on today in Philippians chapter 1, because I want us to celebrate the good things that we do as a body and why God started this church. Well, I don't know if you've not been here but a few months or a few years, and you don't have anybody don't even know why we came up with the name Barn Out. And why do we spell it the way we did? We spelled it that way because we were East Texas Hicks and we could do three letters at a time. We thought it would look good, no matter on, on any kind of logo or whatever. So that's kind of what we did there. We weren't against the Catholic nuns like some people have thought, but but when we started this church over 18 years ago, officially, we'd been... We were working on it for two years before, but this where we started uh, 18 years ago. And we ran into church and felt like God was leading us to start a church that would allow anybody to come, no matter what the past was. And that's why we came up with the name Bar Done. We didn't want a church that was limited to somebody because of something they did in the past. Because I had been there, I had a past, and the people who helped me start this church had a past. My mother wasn't all good. We didn't want to be judged based on what we had done in the past. We wanted to be judged based upon what we're going to do in the future. We rented a church and it was out of way, and that's why when we started it, we adopted a, a philosophy that goes like this. We don't care about your past but we care about your future. And that's been the philosophy of my core group for all these 18 years. And we ran into a place where if somebody had been in trouble with the law, if they were a drug addict, no matter what they had done in the past, they would have a place where they could come in the name of the Lord and move forward in their life. That's what it's been about for all these years. And, and we've tried to do that. Now, at times, many people come in, and I don't know the different church backgrounds and all that, but some have struggled with adjusting to that mindset. Some would fell right in there because they had a past. They wanted a place where they could come and do a part without somebody judging them for what they had done. But that's what Christ uh, did for us. 
When he died on the cross, he died knowing you and I were sinners. Knowing that many would reject him. Many would ridicule him. Many would beat him, spit upon him, and do all the things they did. But he died to give them an opportunity to know his heavenly Father. And I believe with all my heart, everybody has a, uh, ought to have the opportunity to know Christ. They ought to have an opportunity to move in their life and, and move forward. Now, what they do with that is totally up to them, and, and uh, many times uh, they don't like what they hear here. And um, But I, I've been proud of this church. We've been through a lot, and it I was thinking this morning in play, and I've got the people that I would call my spiritual uh, warriors. But what a lot of you don't know is when we started this church, we weren't well received by a lot of people in the community. I'd wait from being a pastor of a, a local church to being a cult leader, and I had a bunch of people that were too dumb to know the difference. And you, you, you all laugh, but that, literally, that's what went around the community. I had a pastor friend of mine that helped train me and disciple me and do a lot of things with me that turned his back on me because I started a church and disrupted the norm. That hurts. I know people that know my whole life turned their back on it. So did my core group. I saw him come out here when we met in cold weather, and there was nothing. That's about when the first started was meeting under a tree out here on Sunday evening by a campfire. And then we eventually moved into this building, and it was open from that wall to this wall. And I mean open. It had a rooftop. And yet it could rain, sleet, snow, and they would shut up. They looked like the abominable snowmen sometimes. But they can't because they had a commitment. They've been through a lot in the past 18 years. And so when you come to be a part of this, I want you to think about learning a little bit about the history of this church and why God started it. Because there's a lot of history here, a lot of things that went well, and we have been a place where Many folks could come. I once told a guy one time, I said, we're a church of cops and cons. At the time, I had five cops coming, and I had probably about ten cons coming. Well, they didn't come. The cops weren't here to protect us from the cops. But we had people that had been in jail, made some mistakes. They came and made the point. There's people in it today. If you knew the past, you would probably be appalled. But... I don't want you to know the past. I want you to know them for who they are today. And that's what matters. But Paul wrote the first letter, this first chapter in Philippians. He said this, beginning verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always offering a prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. You see, when you plant a church, it's like raising your children and your child. Paul started over about a 20-year period. Paul started six churches 
would spend as much as two, three years there, and then he would move on to start some other. But he stayed in touch with these churches, and he would try to train up someone to lead them. And, and as they would work, and like I said, out of all the churches that he started, the only one church he ever wrote a real positive message to was the Philippians. That was the church at Philippi. But you see his joy there as he referenced them, and he's praying for them, and he's, he's remembering all the good things they have done. Verse 5, he said, In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. What does he mean by participation in the gospel? That would be a question that you ask, because many times people begin to look at a church as a place to come and really, really hour, hour and a half time, and hopefully, you know, the preacher won't keep them very long. And uh, we're going to religious duty, and then we're okay. But if you notice that our name is called Bowdoin Cowboy Ministry, not church. Because at the time we started with this, a lot of times people looked at the church as just a place to go. He said, no, we want to be a church that goes. And we go out into the community, we do things, we reach out to people, and, and we've continued to do that year after year after year. And it takes all of us to be a part, just like today, all the wonderful food back there because you participated in that. And for our guests, it's the first time y'all please stay with us, plenty of it. Uh, but that's what it takes for a church to really impact a community is to go to where they're at, just like the disciples did, and minister and touch them. And that's what the Philippians were good at. And for Paul, why he regrets because they were going out and participating in the, the gospel means good news. They shared that with the people around them. Folks, in this last days that we're in right now, do you not think the world needs some good news? I do. I mean, everyone I look, I, I, I'm saddened by it. The lack of respect, the lack of respect for the law, people, individuals, and the way people treat one another. Because we're losing it. And now they're just going, well, just I, I'm just going to be blunt. They're going to hell in a handbasket, okay? They're, 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 they're beating down the door to be opposite of what God would have them to be. Verse 6, he said, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. Now, this is something you need to remember each and every day when you get up. But you didn't begin this work. I didn't begin this work. God began this work. All that room had been officially a church for 18 years. God was working in my life for 31 years to prepare me for this place and to do that. But he'd been working even part of that because the person that led me to the Lord had been growing in ministry and he had a desire to, to share the gospel. He shared the gospel with me 31 years ago this past September so I could get saved. But God had already began working and doing in preparation of what he would do way down the line. And he's raised you up. 
many of you are here because you were looking for an opportunity to administer and touch people's lives. Some of you are here because God just brought you. I've had comments of people saying they drive by and God just said, you ought to go try that place. And they would do it. God would reach out and touch them and make a difference in their life. This is the thing, perhaps, we have as born-again believers, to be confident that God, who began this good work, will continue to perfect it. Now, to perfect it means that we've not arrived. Okay? But when you look at people within this church, I want you to realize you're going to see some flawed individuals. And you can look right up here and you can see a flawed individual. Because God's still working on me, too. Well, when you look at those around you, he's looking at some flawed individuals. And if there's anybody here that's not flawed, then it's probably best that you rule because we're going to wear bad for you. All right, you probably need to go somewhere else. I don't know where because you're going to go to another church and there's going to be flawed individuals there. And you're not going to be perfect until you're in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ and you've got a new body and all sin is vanquished and put it right. Well, until then, you may. Well, I told you. They know because there, are, there is no perfect place and no perfect people yet. But we've got an example of one perfect one, and his name was Christ Jesus. He was the only one that would not fall into temptation, did not surrender in his sin, and remain obedient to his Father. And so by him and his grace, we grow in our perfection to grow and be like him. And that's what we sang about. These songs, they hurt different bells. That beat Christmas songs, jingle bells, and all that. But what they were about was the true meaning behind Christmas. A baby born in a manger, who the Bible references Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And they would come in fulfilling scripture. More than 450 prophecies about him were fulfilled from his birth all the way up to his death and his resurrection. Because God was preparing for what was coming. And so to perfect us means he's still working in our lives. And until that day when Christ Jesus comes back, he's going to continue to work in us. Well, let me tell you, you're going to get upset with me at times. Well, just remember this. God is still working on me. And we're uh, going to look at the mirror and say, God's still working on you too. Because that, we're all there. The older I get, the more I realize I've got a short time to get a lot of things right. Verse 7, Paul goes around writes to the Philippians. He said, Philly, it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers of grace with me. Man, did y'all look up at this word that didn't was Paul in prison? He is an ex-con. No, he was actually a convict right here. He was in prison. Why? 
He was preaching God's word and made a bunch of people mad. And he continued to preach his word. He was actually put into prison on two different occasions. But last time, they killed him. For no reason, no, he didn't break any filthy laws, but he broke some spiritual tradition. He preached the word, and he made some people mad. Man, that was cockleburr stuck right there. You just can't wash it down. And but he's realizing they were protectors because they too were suffering because of the gospel. Man, I want to give you and I some encouragement that when we suffer and the world calls us cancer, and it's just for what we're doing. Saying you're not a real church or you're not a real preacher or whatever. <clears throat> Realize they told Paul the same thing. And I also remember somebody else they didn't care much for. The religious leaders didn't care much for that guy named Jesus. And he walked around and hung out with sinners and reprobates and healed people on Sunday and would walk through a field and gather up grain, and he did everything wrong. He did everything wrong in their book. To the point that they got mad enough, they killed him. <laughs> but what they didn't understand is when they carried him to the cross to kill him, instead of doing away with him, they were actually doing the will of God. Because you see, he came to this earth to die for this earth. He came to die for you and I. The only people that could offer up the sacrifice, the sin sacrifice, was the priest. And without even knowing it, as they condemned him to death, turned him over to Pilate to have him put to death on the cross, they were fulfilling the law of God, offering up the sin sacrifice that would take away all their sins. The sad thing was many of them never even knew what they were doing. Some of them did. A couple of them, Joseph of Arimathea, uh, Nicodemus, and several others, and Adrian recognized that this was the Messiah that had been promised. Several others, unnamed, were mentioned that they became believers. But many never accepted that and rejected that. And yet they persecuted the church, Paul himself, prior to his uh, uh, conversion, put people to death, put people in prison. And yet now he's writing to people who are suffering the same thing that he is. Because now he was in prison by people with the same mindset that he once had. Yet, his road to the Damascus experience changed his life because he saw it came face to face with Jesus Christ. And he had to look into himself for who he was and realize he needed a Savior. And he did, and it changed his life, and it changed our lives because he wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. He wrote them to churches, people that, just like you and I, had problems in their life.
this one church moved forward and was doing right. I'm going to say they didn't always do right, but at least the time of this letter they had. You read the first and second Corinthians, why did he write it? That church was going through a lot. Church at Thessalonica, he wrote. Church in Galatia, Ephesians, or where uh, in Ephesus, those churches were struggling with various issues. And he wrote, why? Because they needed some help in the same trouble they have, we have today. Nothing new under the sun, folks. The very issues they dealt with, we deal with. But you need to realize we have something that they didn't. They had to wait on a letter. We can go into this book, read about it. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God spoke to Paul to address issues so you and I would know what we needed to do in our life. And he began the work, and he's going to take care of the work. He's going to carry us to the end, and we're going to be partakers with this just like they were. Verse 8, God is my witness how I long for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. This is something most of you will never understand, what it means for a church planner to start a church, to see it moving forward and people getting saved. You will never do it because God's not put you in that situation. But I've been blessed to be a part of that and start this church from start, from scratch. And when I look at it, I promise you, I have a passion for this work. And I will be very defensive if somebody attacks this work because I have a passion for the people that it, we need to reach. And I'm I'm getting too old to tolerate them stuff. Okay? Um, I'm not. I, I despise drama. I, I despise nitpicking. And, um, and folks, I'm just here to say We've got a work that's way bigger than you and I. And it's the work of reaching lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have carpet because we didn't want to argue over what color carpet. We didn't paint the floors because we didn't want to argue over we, we have, we We've not let things like that interfere that hold so many back. First few years, you brought your own chair. And you, you see, people, I mean, they know. They kept lawn chairs in the back of their truck. They showed up. And they sat here under this. And, and, and the work, I'm going to tell you, in the first summer, when you knew it was time to quit, is when you start seeing everybody starting to duck down like There was no insulation up here. And, uh, the sun beating down, and when the preacher went to getting low, it was time to say amen because that heat was there. And then we found out we could blow insulation in there. We could stand up. We went five years with no air conditioning. Almost ran people off when we air conditioned because we thought we don't want to, but we did. Well, the things you are, things you'll never understand is what it was like to show up in the memory of watching people show up just for one person. That's because they love Jesus. Put signs on their vehicle, 
there was no church around that ever put signs on their beer and we started doing t-shirts because people said we want to reach somebody and uh that's why a lot of them have the same type of love because they know the cost that's been paid for you to be able to come and enjoy what's here today. Because they've been there. They, they are my spiritual warriors. They fought the fight they've been committed for all these years. Many of them have died and went on. We've got ashes of some of them laid out here right now. People that started this, why? This is where they would have wanted to be. They were up there every day. So, takes a lot for a church to reach out to the community. Takes a lot of patience with each other. But I promise you, in that first five years, I never remember us ever arguing over anything. We wanted something, we prayed about it. God provided. This, we called it mailbox money. We, we knew somebody would have to get in or it come into the post office, but there were people that would hear about what we were doing and would send us money. They helped build, buy, and do things. Sometimes he would bless individuals, and they would write a check. And a lot of times, it, we never knew where it would come. But it would come. All we knew is what we, if we prayed about it and was in agreement with it, we believed God was going to do it. And he did. A lot of people in the community rose up and put a lot of effort in. This new kitchen, you're going to go back there. There's been a many a man hour and woman hour put into that. We never paid for anything but uh, the materials. We hired a guy to do the welding, put the pin up. We hired a guy to spray bowling. Outside of that, somebody in this body did all the other work. Because they love this church. love to be a part. And it causes us to have a love for this church moving forward. And in this holiday season, I want you to remember that God's began a work in you and he's going to perfect it till the end. He wants you to be a part of what's going on here. Okay? Question is, do you want to be a part of what God's doing? Well, line up and be a part and you'll find out there's great joy in all that's going on. Ask some of these members that's been here that's my elders. Most of them have been here. Some of them have been with me ever since we started. Some have only been here nine or ten years. But uh, they've been here through thick and thin. They know what it's all about. And uh, we've watched a lot of good things happen. So why did I preach this? I preach it because I love this body. And one of the bad things this week was I found out somebody is upset and they try to tear it down. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, we're not, we're not perfect people. We will make mistakes. The one I represent is. If he can put up with me, I hope and pray you can put up. Because I'm putting up with you. Okay? I try to see you for what you can become, what you can be. And I want you to know God was working way before you ever showed up to make this church. And I promise you this, till he comes back, he will be here in this church way past you, way past me, way past anybody else. If he doesn't come back in the next three years, it waits a hundred years, and this, this body will continue to move and work because he started and he will complete and he'll do it with sinful people who love him and so if you're looking for some perfect people I'll recommend a church in um, uh, Joan Osteen's got one down there we'll see what you can get from him um, but if you're here you're going to deal with some sinful people that's going to make a few mistakes. But if you're going to be here with us, I want your heart to be right. Because we're the only hope some people have. Never know the gospel. But there's certain people that will only respond to this group right here. There's other people that we'll never reach that another church. That's why there's different churches different ideas, different types of worship. God said, don't, don't go to thinking you've got the corner on kingdom. You don't. We need the Pentecostals. We need the Church of Christ. We need the Baptists. We need, we need everybody. We need the cowboy churches. We need the motorcycle church. We need the, uh, you name it. If somebody preaches the gospel, we need it because there's somebody they can reach. There are certain people that uh, only you and I can read. I told my kitchen crew I let them go early, so y'all might want to move on back. Why ask my ladies who up there decorating go help them get things ready, put food out, and I'll keep the rest of them hemmed up. Okay, that's enough. I want you to know where we're at, and I want you to know that you're welcome here. And I want you to know that if you don't agree with some of the things that go on here, well, that's all right, too. There's other places. But I do say this. Don't, don't put things out in the community that might cause somebody not to come to it because you're upset. Because I promise you, if I hear about it, I'll be up. Because I am very dependent. I've been, I was helping Casey and Bud a little bit this week and got mad enough. I just left out. They wanted to, uh, wanted to vent. Because you attack this body, 
you attack me. Sometimes I remember when I was attacked, what I used to do, and I hope and pray I don't do some of those things. Well, I've been in a lot of prayer and and uh, concerned about what to say today because I just wanted to rejoice. I had a great time Friday night. We went and looked at our Christmas. I had a crazy bunch of women with me. We went, we ate, and uh, they they told lies. They told the waitress I had a birthday coming up. It was two weeks away. But we had a good time. And we uh, saw some good things. There's lots of good things going on in this body. We're going to keep them going on. Okay? I want you to be a part of it. We've got people that newcomers. They're going to think, well, man, all they do is fuss and fight. No, not normally. But I tell you what, we preach the gospel. And we're going to uh, continue to do that. We're going to continue to do the philosophy that we do. We're not going to care about people like that. You come here and you want to give your life to Christ, I promise you, you will be welcome. You'll be welcome right here. You want to come up and stir up trouble? You'll be welcome somewhere else. I don't have time for dissension and division, folks. I'm just telling you. Jesus Christ is coming back, and I just got some people that need to be saved. So either come and be a part or not. It's Mary. Just trying to do what God called us to do. And uh, that's where my heart is. And I swear we're going to continue to move forward. And uh, I do it with the help of a lot of great people. Uh, so you have conflicts, try to work them out. Uh, you don't spill over into the community. Okay? Uh, you don't like me, I can tell you some good preachers around. And uh, but the sad part, they won't be perfect either. We thank you for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We are located on Highway 259, just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past, but care about your future.